for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. You're listening to Blake and Lawson because Lyle was literally underneath his house last night fixing a water main that broke. I went to his house to go and have dinner, and he said, it's a bad time. This is a bad time under the house. And I just heard his voice coming out of the wall, and I was like, am I on radio or are you under the house? He's And he was under the house. I can't believe he broke that water main on purpose just to not have dinner with you. That's crazy. I know. I was pretty. I was pretty sad. That's about it, actually. that's so hurtful. <laughs> wow, Lyle. I know Shell wouldn't do something like heartless. that, but that's that just, was heartless. That's just a classic Lyle move. Are you great? And he was there with his kittens. Just oh. loving life. Oh yeah, him and his kittens <laughs> under the house kittens. breaking water mains is that's insane. Well, you're I, you're out of control, Lyle. <laughs> are you grateful for anything this morning, Blake? Uh, actually, I'm super grateful because last night I got to go to the Southwell house, mm-hmm. the Southwell estate, uh-huh. as we show call it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, my daughter was there. We got to, uh, decorate the house. We got to play some card games that I lost. Oh, yes. Uh, miserably because the Southwells are card sharks, even though they <laughs> don't know it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we also had a beautiful dinner. It was super fun. And, mm. I also got to see Lyle roll around underneath the house. That was fun as well, too. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because I didn't have to go under. That's why I was yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, thankful yeah. for that because I'm you know. super scared of spiders. Yeah. Did you br- help brush there. the spiders off him? Or? Nope. Didn't even didn't even offer. No. She's <laughs> like, good luck. Good luck with that. You Lyle. live your life. <laughs> and die potentially. But, you know. He's Australian. He's good, immune. You know, that's right. Yeah. Shout out to our listeners in Norline, Victoria. 87.8 FM. Norlane. If you're in Norlane, Victoria, we love you, and we're so happy that you're listening. But I have some news for you, Lawson. What's up? Are you ready? Uh-huh. Princess Diaries, Anne Hathaway, supports mercy killings. What? That's what's up on the news next. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. How many brothers did David have? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you know the answer. If you do, you will go into the draw to win Advent and Advent for Kids, both of these monthly devotional books, particularly like over the month of December, the month of Advent. Now we know here at Faith FM that Jesus wasn't born in December, but it is the time in which the world gets together to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So, you know, we definitely as Christians use that opportunity to share the message of Jesus with True. people. But also, you have the ability during that time to get together with your family, potentially with your children if you have them, with other people that you know, or even by yourself. And you read through these books and reflect on the life and particularly the birth of Jesus. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you want to win that prize. You'll get put in the draw. And again, that question was, how many brothers did David have? 0491-064-669. I'm actually torn. I, I have two two numbers in my head. Oh, yeah? I'm not sure. I know what the answer is. I, I, I know. Because yeah, I, I see that you see that. But yeah. I think I do know, but I'm not sure. Uh, I am a little bit concerned this morning because uh-huh. every single morning i wake up uh-huh. i'm having a sneeze attack uh-huh. and i don't know what's going on i'm just wondering if other people are having the sneeze attack too is it like a change of seasons change of weather yeah, like change of the fever, guard maybe a fever if you're having some uh 
some fever, some hay fever stuff going on, please text us at 0491064669 and let me know what you do to fix the fever. Mm. I know people who have a hay fever. I have never personally suffered. Su- suffered. You've never suffered? I've <laughs> never personally suffered from hay fever. It's just never, like, change of temperatures, all that stuff. It's never been something that affects me. Whereas, really? like, uh, Hannah, my coworker at the uni, she's just, like, dying. Right. You know, right. it comes into, like, if the wind's blowing a lot yeah. and the pollen's blowing around a lot, oh, yeah. then she's just, like, my, sneezing. It gets up in my schnoz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gonskis. I think I have a lots of, like, nose hairs. So it kind of stops that. You got a a pretty thick mustache right there, too. Oh, yeah. Same for you, but your mustache goes around the whole face. And and then what happens is I think the pollen gets stuck in the beard and then crawls up inside. Ah, And then they're like, ha-ha! It gets a little wild. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of a little wild, what is the news this morning? Actually, I'm going to be talking about things that are a little bit wild. I'm going to be talking about amazing things from nature. Okay. That are just going down right now. So in the Azores Islands, do you know what that is? No, Azores. but I want to. Azores. Azores. Yes. Well, the the way you said that made me think South America. Mm-hmm. You'd be incorrect. It's actually off the <laughs> the coast of Portugal. Okay. So there's a you know a bunch of like archipelagos and whatnot there. Okay. The beautiful, incredible, amazing islands. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the West's version of Greece, essentially. You know, Greece, you've just got all those spits of land, the islands all through there, Mykonos, Lesbos, you know, all yeah. those places. Uh, yeah, Beautiful. in Portugal, on the other side, you've got a few archipelagos and islands there. And they're just really, really... out in the Atlantic. Yeah, that's just right. In hanging the... out in the Atlantic. Dude, and they're so unprotected. beautiful. They're incredible. Okay. Unprotected. <laughs> unprotected. All by themselves, <laughs> abandoned in the Atlantic. Mm, that sounds like a job for <laughs> some people that we know called America to, you know. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> and, uh, anyways, hey. <laughs> I can see just my finger. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's what it sounded like you were insinuating. No, I like, saying it like uh, that. Some I saying islands out in the Atlantic, eh? Unprotected. Ah, okay. Yeah, because Portugal has amazing surf. I don't I don't think like that, man. I'm, I'm Australian, bro. I'm outback <laughs> patriot. I don't want to go and dig you're, over you're, places. You're, I want to visit them. You're done leave. with invasion and occupation i'm not i'm not not about that life bro Uh uh (laughs) okay well in this area they caught uh, a fish it's called a sunfish you know this one they named i know a sunfish this one they named mola um so just before i talk about this fish my dad caught a fish on the weekend it was 101 centimeters long so just over a meter my dad is the man like he is is such a good fisherman the man the myth he's incredible fisherman But this sunfish uh, wasn't one meter long. Uh, it was three and a half meters long and weighs 2,740 kilograms. Kilos? Yeah. I thought we were going pounds. No, it weighs 6,000 pounds. What? <laughs> yeah, yes. 2,740 kilos. Eat me. This is the biggest fish ever caught. Ever. 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 The biggest fish ever. The biggest fish ever. That sounds like a fish story. Sounds like <laughs> that fish sounds tale. fishy. That sounds a little fishy to me. <laughs> but yeah, this fish. So these dudes can literally now say, yeah, we caught the biggest fish. <laughs> the biggest ever. one. The biggest one. You know, like my dad, so uh, he, you know, you hold the fish to see. My right. dad has a little bit of a technique where he grabs the fish, 
around its head region, like under the gills there. And he extends his arm out a little bit, so there's a bit of an optical illusion going on where it looks a little bit longer than it is. Uh-huh. Now, the, the, the fish that my dad caught is still like 101 centimeters, which is... That's 101 centimeters more fish than I caught. That's right. It's massive. Like, that's yeah. a, it's a huge fish for our local for lake. Sure. But... This thing they had to hoist the the only way they could weigh it is with a weight hoist. They cu- they couldn't put it on. They didn't have a scale to chuck it on. They have like these hoists and whatnot. You, you well, being that it's two thousand seven hundred and forty kilograms, is physically no way to pick it up. Oh, you could if you uh, tried. Uh, oh, hey, you know, if put you, your mind to if it. You flexed up. It, you yeah, know. <laughs> that, that's right. But it, this this it's thing is absolutely massive and it's being studied by fish biologists and they're checking it out you know this this isn't going to be eaten you know i don't even know if i if you'd want to eat a fish that big because he's been around for a while yeah well it's like you know you know how usually like the bigger mandarins taste worse than the smaller ones (laughs) maybe it's the same with fish now I, i don't eat fish like Okay. I haven't eaten fish in a long time, so I, I don't know what's going on there. But you know, maybe, maybe something weird. Something, something weird. Something I, I mean, a six thousand pound fish. He's been around for a while. Dude. I wonder how old he actually is. Is um, there a way to measure that? They don't have any thoughts here. But let me see. What is the average average age of a sunfish? Actually. Why don't you guys let us know? If are there any fishermen out there? What's yeah. the biggest fish you've caught? And do you know the well, average age of a, right of a sunfish? Yeah, I caught a fish that would was you, bigger than me. Would you rather catch a giant big fish, or would you rather catch like a whole boat full of fish? One hundred and fifty-three. I think. Fish. I think for me, nice reference. It's a it's a Bible reference right there. At the end of John. I think for me personally, well, I don't really go fishing and I don't eat fish, so. Probably one big fish. Also, the other good thing about this story is that this fish was caught by a marine biologist is going to be used by f- for research purposes. This is like professional fishing out of the ocean, you know, and, you know, taking all the fish and ruining all the ecosystems like, right. that, that's going on. So if anyone had any thoughts or problems or questions about that, yeah, totally. Like this, this catch is wholly and solely for the reason of marine biology and studying. It's pretty crazy. Biggest fish story of all time on Faith FM. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I've got another piece yeah, of news here. I'm ready. It's about fungus. One of Lyle's favorite things, actually. <laughs> no, nah, not really. He's, he's, Lyle is a he's big a mushroom guy. hater. So there's this mushroom that they've just found in England that apparently has the ability to fight dementia and cancer. It's like got these super rare healing properties. It's used in a bunch of different types of medications and whatnot. It's really, really rare in England. And it's so rare that they want to deter people from taking it because anyone who knows anything about mushrooms is like, oh, this is this is some free miracle fungus. And so they've put a cage around it. What? It, yeah, in this, like, national park garden area. They've, like, so that no one takes this fungus because it's naturally growing and they're, like, we want to pre- preserve it. They've put a cage around it so no one can get in. Cage mushrooms. Yeah, but they've put the cage around it because this is, like, one of the rarest funguses in the world growing in a place in which it doesn't usually grow. Now, really? lots of funguses grow in England because it rains all the time and, you know, you get mm-hmm. kind of funguses popping up everywhere. But, yeah, this fungus, apparently, it's it's very rare and its healing properties are just incredible. Uh, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, it it really does it all. It's called the beta tooth fungus. 
Bearded tooth. That's right. Which is pretty sick. Gross sounding. Oh, really? I'm... I think it's gross. I don't want a beard on my teeth. No, 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 no. We keep those separate. Okay. I was thinking of like jagged teeth. That are, oh, yeah. Okay. I can, I can handle that. But hey, you know, this epic mushroom is unfortunately not available to us. We can't, we can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Live with Blake and Lawson. And we're ready for some quiz questions. I think it's the second one. Yeah. Are you ready, Lawson? I'm I'm ready. I'm You're ready. always ready. That's ready right. to go. I love that. In Romans 9, Paul said it is not those of physical descent who are God's children, but the children of what? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, you will go into the draw to win our books, Advent and Advent for Kid. Amazing December Advent devotionals where you can spend time reflecting on the life of Jesus. But again, that question was, in Romans 9, Paul said it is not those of physical descent who are God's children, but the children of what? 0491-064-669. I love it. All right. Mm. Uh, I just want to give a little preface for our listeners. I got some news to share, but I want to say... Uh, we are going to talk about some kind of adult things. So maybe if you are driving with kids or if you're uh, in a place that you might think that this is sensitive information, uh, you can call 131114. Uh, I believe that's Lifeline, if I'm not mistaken. And mm. you can uh, have a chat with them about what we're about to talk about. Or if you think this is going to be sensitive for uh, young listeners, you can just pop this off and we'll be back in 10 minutes and you can uh, join us back in 10 mm. minutes or so. So, so what does this have to do with Anne Hathaway? I know. this. I just wanted to give that little preface because we are going to talk about Princess Diaries actress Anne Hathaway uh-huh. supporting mercy killings. So check this out. Uh-huh. While appearing on The View, you know, the TV show. Yep. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. One. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Hathaway said that abortion is another word for mercy, right? And that her experience with abortion, right, uh, and we're going to go into all all of it as well, too. But just a short summary, basically, that this is, it's a good thing that we live in a country where we can give mercy through abortion. What do you think about that, Lawson? <laughs> Yikes. I Okay. Um, she said, we don't know. She said, we know that no two pregnancies are alike. Uh-huh. And it follows that no two lies are alike. Mm-hmm. So it follows that no two conceptions are alike. So how can we have a law? How can we have a point of view on this that says we must treat everything the same, continued the actress. And then when you allow for choice, you allow for flexibility, which is what we need in order to be human. And what I find really interesting is that in her explanation of what we need in order to mm-hmm. be human, she's at the same time encouraging others to remove that choice from unborn humans. Mm-hmm. Right? So, her perspective of this is somehow merciful mm. to do abortions. I, I don't know. I don't know how you justify yeah, this. Yeah. I don't it, know how you put this in your mind. The ultimate question is like merciful to who? To whom? And how, yeah. how is it merciful, merciful or profitable? Because, because ultimately I, what she, I, I kind of am tracking with what she's saying. It's merciful to the person who gets pregnant, but is it truly mercy? Like to go through with something like that and to live with the great pain and trauma that goes through. Like, like I 
if 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 the thought is, oh, this is just better than being pregnant and giving birth, like I would say that, and this, this is coming from my perspective as a as a man. Maybe I'm mansplaining, and maybe you can correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. But I, I really don't see the alternative to having a child being just killing the child in the womb as beneficial to anyone. Well, so Hathaway, she said that she was talking about her own personal experience with abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then earlier in the year, she, I don't know if you've heard of Roe versus Wade or not. Yeah, I yeah. assume that you have. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've heard. Hey, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but there's a thing talking called about Roe it. versus Wade. Yeah. Anyway, she made a post on Instagram uh, referring to the overturning of Roe versus Wade and saying, you know, basically, which just so everyone can understand, that's the most recent uh, Supreme Court ruling that essentially allows states to decide uh, any restrictions on abortion. So this is what this has essentially done is create different legislation from state to state. We have 50 states in America mm. uh, with some of the states essentially banning abortion altogether while other states have increased the number of abortions by nearly 100% mm. since June when this mm. change happened. Now, what's interesting as well too, like in a state uh, where it is banned, right? You know, Louisiana, um, mm. I believe Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. all these places, right? Those are banned. They've gone from nearly 3,000 abortions per month. Well, I mean, in certain clinics mm. to about 10 a month. Mm. But then you go just over the border to Kansas and they have increased all, like they've actually increased even more abortions than ever yeah. before, right? And so it, it's kind of this interesting, they're traveling for abortion. Like mm. people are coming from Texas and Louisiana and all these states that have are more conservative and more mm. uh, a little more religious in their legislation that have banned abortion. Mm. Then you go to other more liberal states and abortion is just like skyrocketing out the roof right now. Yeah. So she's so she's making a reference to all that, and then she, in her post, she's celebrating the anniversary of her film, "The Devil Wears Prada," right? Mm. And she wrote that the film shaped the lives and careers of so many, quote, mine included. And she says, "I'm struck by the fact that the young female characters in this movie built their lives and careers in a country that honored their right to have choice over their own reproductive health." And then she says, see you in the fight, and and goes on to say, "I played a woman who was starting out her career." She said of the film loosely based on a real-life assistant job with Vogue editor Anna Wintour. So what's being communicated here is that careers are definitely more important than children, mm-hmm. right? So, And what I find that's interesting here, it's not that Anne Hathaway could not afford to raise a child. Her net worth as of right now is $80 million. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I don't have 80 of those millions of dollars and I have kids and mm-hmm. we can afford to raise kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my point is if you have $80 million of your net worth, you can afford mm-hmm. to raise. So this isn't a financial thing. This isn't really a career thing. It really isn't a career thing because you can still, you could be worth maybe 70 million mm-hmm. instead of 80 and you can still raise but children. Blake, how dare you stifle the career of women by forcing them to give birth? Like like that that's the I know logic that's the argument. behind it. I know. Uh whereas I which I I I personally I, I don't see the merit to. Uh, that being said, and I have said this before and I'll say it again. I I ultimately believe the solution to abortion the the cause of the problem of, of abortion is men. Like that that is my sincere belief. And the solution to abortion is 
like, firstly, men stepping up to responsible parental roles, but secondarily, support, just in general. Like, you solve the problem of abortion if there's support. Mm. The the way the system, I mean, the the whole abortion, the whole system Mm. is designed against fathers, for Mm. sure. And and we, I want to talk about, like, we definitely want to support women, but there is an all-out assault on men in mm-hmm. the world. And I, I know people might be upset or angry at me for saying this as well too, but like when you look at when you look at the tragedies uh that, that happen in war, mm-hmm. it's like ninety seven percent men are the one who die. When you look mm-hmm. at hardcore industrial jobs, it's like ninety six percent it's the mm-hmm. men who die. Yeah. Uh when you when you're looking at the dangerous the dangers of life, mm-hmm. you know, men are on the front lines of danger all the time. And I'm not saying that women don't have a, a tough go because they do. I'm just saying that there is a disproportionate amount of uh, yeah. r- death towards men yeah. because they're living far more risk lives. And now we're saying as well too that, oh, well, you know, to tie that in, it's like, hey, we just want women to have this ability to choose whether or not this person can live or die. And I, I think for me, yeah. I also have so many friends who are, the result of non-abortions like yeah. their moms were literally told by their deadbeat dads go get an abortion they chose not to and they were raised you know or very own matt paris like this as well yeah. too and those guys wouldn't exist yeah it's if, and, and if it's, they follow if their moms followed through with that and it's ultimately you just ask the question to those people in that case it's like do you re- do you believe that your life was worth ending and all of them would say like no like i love my life d- despite the difficulties that that came with it. But like, as you just mentioned, it's like, Oh, there's this all out assault against men, but specifically in this situation, there is an all out assault against unborn children, totally undeservedly. And I, yeah, it's incredibly sad. Hathaway goes on to say, I want to read this last quote. And when you are a young woman starting out your career, your reproductive destiny matters a great deal. And I just, and she pauses here. It had just happened, and I just, she pauses again. I think about it all the time. I think we all think about it all the time and what the implications are and what it means to live in a country that puts us in this position. So she's actually now equating it's the country's fault for putting us in this position, talking about her own personal experience with abortion as well, too. And I think I find it interesting that she stops, she pauses, and she thinks Mm. about this situation as she's describing it because there is no way that this cannot have an impact on a person. Mm. You you can pretend that it doesn't, but it does. Mm. And this is why we have Lifeline 131114. And I do yeah. want to encourage anyone who's going through this, maybe going through this process in their own life or thinking about the implications of something that's happened in the past, call the number 131114. It's yeah. really important. To and do. we are completely sympathetic to your situation. And uh, yeah, we offer our support and condolences. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're about to hit you with the quiz. Question three. Trace. Boom. Fill in the blank. For God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be... Blank. 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Advent and Advent for Kids, our amazing Advent devotional book that you can work your way through in December. But again, that question was, for God is in heaven and thou upon the earth, therefore let thy words be blank. 0491 
669. That is the number to call or text if you know the answer. We are speaking with Jared from Signs of the Times. Is it Jared Stackelroth? Is that correct? How Am I saying it the right way? That's perfect, yep. Okay, cool. Jared, help us understand what is Signs of the Times for those who are listening maybe for the first time today. And give us a little insight in what you do down there. I believe it's right outside of Sydney. Is that correct? Yeah, probably on the outskirts of Sydney in Warunga, little suburb in the northern sort of side of Sydney. And we put together a magazine called Signs of the Times. It's a lifestyle, faith, health magazine. We look at culture and current events through a Christian lens or a Christian worldview. We try and bring faith or spiritual things into the spotlight. Wow, that sounds awesome. That's cool. And how would someone get a hold of Signs of the Times? Is there an online version? Is there a way to get a hold of a a physical copy? What's the process? Yeah, there's both a physical copy and a digital. If you'd like to subscribe to either of those, you can go to our website, signsofthetimes.org.au, and you can sign up there on our subscribe tab to either a physical copy or a digital. The physical is great because you can read it and pass it on to a friend. The digital is also convenient because it comes straight to your inbox. So whichever works for your lifestyle. That's really cool. So what magazine article or what issue are, are we going to be talking about today? Look, in the November issue, which has just come out for a lot of people, mm-hmm. we've got some really interesting stories. We're looking at the, in one We're looking at the World Cup, the soccer or football World Cup that's coming up at the end of this month. There's been some issues. Is that in Qatar? In Qatar, that's the one. Okay. What issues? Well, some people, obviously the Australian soccer team recently came out after we'd written this article actually and were the first team to sort of talk about some of the issues that have cropped up around the World Cup. Uh, One of the things is that the workers who were building these big stadiums in Qatar. Qatar's a desert sort of country and there's hot and inhospitable conditions that some of these workers have been working on. And I think from memory, 6,000 people have died in the building of these stadiums. And so there are some moral issues around, yes, we enjoy a sporting spectacle. Yes, people I want to tune in to a worldwide event like this, but how can they do that and also hold good moral values? Should we be boycotting the World Cup? Should we be doing something or making a statement or or in some way pushing to make the world a better place? That's crazy. 6,000 people have lost their lives preparing for the World Cup in Qatar. I, I had no idea. That's that's pretty wild and definitely brings some serious ethical issues about how we support that sporting event. 6,000 people. That's that's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Look, it's not unusual, unfortunately, for big events and big construction projects in some, in some places in the world for people to lose their lives. But this is in some ways a bit unprecedented in scale. Well, that's what um, I was going to so- say. Like, there, I've not heard of that in terms of – you know, building projects like that's, that's a lot, a lot more than normal. It seems to be. Yeah. And I guess that's what, uh, that's one of people's concerns with the, oh, sorry, 6,500, um, according to our article here, that, and that's what's been reported or that's what's been able to be found out. So yeah, our author has, he's a football fan and I guess he's wrestling with these questions and he's, he's, he's wondering 
how do I engage with an event like this? And so um, it's worth it's worth a read if you want to find out more about the World Cup that's coming up. Yeah, for sure. That sounds super interesting. Uh, in terms of you said it's it's so it's not a sports magazine. It's there's other articles as well too. What else? What uh, what other uh, issues are being raised in Signs of the Times? Yeah, so uh, one of our resident authors, in fact, you may have heard him on Faith FM uh, some of the other months. Our associate editor Jesse is looking at board games. Okay, the social interaction that you can have, um, the the benefits of, I guess, having hobbies that connect with other people. And obviously we can play video games and things like that. Many people do, but they're sometimes a little less social and looking at the positive elements of socializing with, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting topic to Jesse and he's written it in such a way that it brings out, I guess, some important principles for other people who might want to get into a similar hobby. I love board games. We actually just gave away a board game two weeks ago on Faith FM as one of our prizes. It was Bibleopoly. And then there's another great game I love called Go Ye that my friend made. His name is Mm -hmm. Kyle Morrison. And that's a really fun board game to play as well, too. And these are Christian board games. So very fun. But just board games in general, they definitely, I was was playing with my daughter and a couple friends. Just yesterday, we were playing a, a, a little card game. And it was super fun coming together and spending time together as well too. kind of learn that from the Southwell family. They are, they're very much into their games and the social time that comes with it. Well, it sounds like you guys will really enjoy that article. And For yeah, sure. we hope others, others will as well. There's a, a more sobering sort of question that one of our authors asked, how much is a human life really worth? So he's exploring, I guess there's been some, some studies. Um, one, uh, University of Michigan study put a value of 10 million US dollars on a life because I guess they, they've had to weigh up things like shutting down economies versus letting people die in the pandemic. And so people are interested in this question, how much does it cost to save a life or, or for, for one life? And I, I guess it's an important question for us as Christians or even if you're not a Christian, to, to be asking and to be understanding, what is the worth of a life? Yeah, from a fiscal perspective, I, I would say to Jesus, a life is worth infinite value because if there was even just one person who chose to follow him, he would have come and lived and died and be resurrected so that that even one person could have eternal life. Uh, but I do understand, especially in the world of pandemic that we live in now, they're trying to get a grip or an, a better understanding of how much this impacts our economy when a person dies. Very interesting mm. thought and definitely sobering. Exactly. So just one comment from our author says, for Christians, the answer to the, the why question, the why of life, comes not in the form of a myth, but in the reality of Jesus. Wow. So he's exploring the value of a human life, which I think is a, a worthwhile uh, conversation to have in November when we celebrate uh, Remembrance Day. That's another event that happens in Remembrance Day. And this is actually an article that I've written about sacrifice, the greatest love about the sacrifice. And I guess thinking about Remembrance Day, I visited the Canberra War Memorial where I found my great uncle's name sort of etched on the wall of those lost in World War II. 
Yeah. And just reflecting on, I guess, the way that sacrifice is portrayed in things like the Avengers saga, you know, there's some glorification sometimes if someone dies for a worthy cause, if someone's life is lost and that's a, a valuable thing. But I guess looking at our relationship as Christians with sacrifice, not in, in the sense of glorifying it, but looking at should we be sacrificing more as people because of what's been sacrificed for us? And, and how should we uh, understand the word sacrifice? Because it's, it's not a word that we use in everyday language so much anymore. Um, it was part of sort of ancient rituals, uh, literally a sacrifice. Um, but it's, it's not something that we're necessarily comfortable with or talk about a lot in our day-to-day lives. So I guess I'm just exploring the concepts around that and, and, and bringing some meaning maybe back to the word that people may have forgotten or, or not be using. You know, it's interesting you're talking about that. I, I was really thinking about how self-focused we are uh, and how mm. uh, we live in a world of selfies and, you know, me, 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 and we take pictures of the food that we're eating, you know, and we share it all on social media. And, like, the concept, the idea of sacrificing for others has been lost in the tsunami of social media and information and the pleasure seeking that we are surrounded by, you know, we live Mm -hmm. in a society that is extremely uh, pleasure occupied and pleasure seeking. And the idea of discipline and self-sacrifice and pain and suffering for the sake of others, it truly has been lost because now we just, you know, can sit on our couch and stream media and listen to music, whatever we want. It's all at our fingertips. We we live in a world of instant gratification. So I, I think touching on the importance of Remembrance Day and sacrifices that have been made so that we can have these freedoms is really important to not forget what we have gone through as a country, what we've gone through as a society to experience some of these uh, freedoms that we take for granted in all honesty. Mm, yeah. And I guess that's the place, one place that I land this article and, and the call to action that I'd recommend to your listeners too, even if they don't um, actually get to read the article um, in this often frantic world, it's a rare thing to find someone who is willing to sacrifice their comfort, their money or their time for people they barely know. But I, I suggest that the church, in, in the church, and not all churches are perfect, and the church itself is not always perfect, but it's a place where people are striving to try to do that. And if any of your listeners or any of the readers of this piece are, are down or struggling or, or suffering, there are communities, there are places in our churches that people are willing to perhaps even sacrifice for you to give you a hand or to um, yeah, be there for you. So that's my encouragement, I guess, at the end of this um, piece and towards the end of our magazine um, is that, you know, we've got a, a link there. If they email info at signsofthetimes.org.au, we'll happily try and connect them with a local pastor or a local church that might just be able to give them a hand up and, and, and help them um help them out because as Christians, yeah, we try to live by this, this way of sacrificing. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I I have been really encouraging some of my family as well too. I have a lot of uh, family members that are 
I wouldn't say atheist, but at least agnostic, if not atheist. And I have mm. been trying to explain to them that when you're a part of a community of faith, uh, it really changes the trajectory of your life. It really changes uh, the outcomes that you experience in life because you're you're choosing a life to be surrounded by a community of faith of people who work together to sacrifice uh, for the greater good of that community of faith. So like you go to a church and they're like, hey, come over to our house for lunch or, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I... Uh, what's going on in your life? I just I care and I want you to know that you you matter to me and that you're important to me. And so they go out of their way, out of their comfort zone to bring comfort to others. And so as everyone does that, we then in turn edify or build each other up. The Bible talks about uh, to not, not forsake the gathering uh, of the brethren. You know, it says that in Hebrews ten, and we need to recognize that coming together and sacrificing for the greater good and sacrificing for one another uplifts and brings us into a better experience, a better life. So, Jared, thanks for writing the article and for sharing everything that's going on, uh, Signs of the Times, uh, down there. Did you say Warunga? Is that where you guys are? We're based in Warunga, yeah, but we we send our magazines out all over Australia and New Zealand. So, so for yeah, our, there's a lot of other... Our listeners who are yeah. all over Australia, they can have access to Signs of the Times any, in, anywhere that, in Australia, yeah? That's right, that's right. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. It has been an absolute blast getting to know uh, the articles that are coming out. I, I'm excited to read uh, some of these articles as well, too, and my mind has been uh, blown by some of the facts I've learned today, especially about the World Cup. Didn't know that was a thing, so thank you so much for sharing, Jared. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.